0: Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. No need to ask, just go. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you, man. It is so good to be back with you again. We love the Lord and we are very thankful for what God is doing. This is divine setup number eight. No need to ask, just go. And uh, when we talk about divine setups, what we're really saying is the providence of God, how God's providence puts us in situations and circumstances amongst people in order to get us what we need to grow, to 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 learn. And to be able to be prepared for where where he is bringing us in the future. And in, in Isaiah chapter 6, we see one of the most powerful portions of scripture ever written. It literally shows the throne room of God. And in Judaism, if you're under a certain age, they don't allow you to read these types of portions of scripture that reveals the glory of God, the holiness of God, the splendor of God in the throne room of God. They, they just they don't think that they're prepared to read such portions of Scripture because uh, it's lofty. We know it is more magnific- magnificent than the humans, human words can convey, but it still is pretty awesome to read. Isaiah opens the chapter by saying, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Oh, my. Can you just let that sink in for a moment? This Jesus, this covenant-keeping God of our salvation, sits on a throne over all of creation. In the Great Commission, Jesus declares that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto him. Hallelujah. He sits, he rules, he reigns on the throne. We like to think of him running through the grain fields, laughing, eating, and holding little children. Which all of these are very accurate and are becoming of his character and nature. But the truth is something that we must never forget that he is sitting on the throne. Isaiah sees this and was completely undone. Then it gets to the portion where Isaiah hears the Lord speaking and asking the question Who will I send? Who can I trust with my message? Isaiah realized in the most glorious part of the scene was not necessarily seeing the king, not only seeing the king on his throne, not just hearing the king speak, but the most glorious part about this episode, about this scene that we're, we're reading, is that the king literally invites him to be about his royal work. Think about that for a moment. The Lord, the King of all creation, enlisted mere men to partner with Him in His kingdom work. In the fall semester of 2005, I was excited about being back in school and uh, being around my friends and really focused about what God has called me to do. I was still pastor at the church in Tuig, and this time, instead of living at the the trailer that was 25 miles outside the Great Commission... (laughs) thankful for it, but boils out there in the middle of nowhere, I decided to stay on campus. I was doing ministry at a nursing home during the week. I was visiting a, some elderly people and sharing the gospel with them on a, on a weekly basis. I was also doing some, some pretty much every other day work with some kids around the school, around the, the Bible college, and I was also doing mentoring uh, with some local elementary schools, and I've also ended up in the middle school as well. I've always been involved in doing local ministry. And even when I was in Bible college, I was pastoring a two egg. I was still involved in local ministry uh, with the, the around and near the Bible college. And I always thought because there was such a need for local ministry that I always thought there was no need for international ministry. I always thought that, man, there is so much to do here and where we live. Why would anyone ever want to go anywhere else or go to a people that's not even their own or do missions? Then one morning in chapel, I heard these words from Romans chapter 10, verses 12 through 15. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How would they believe in whom they have not heard? And how would they hear without a preacher? How would they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things, or the gospel. The Apostle Paul reveals here, Uh, How, the how-to of salvation, of the salvation experience, calling on the name of the Lord by faith, calling on the name of the Lord by faith is is the, the, the initiation of our relationship into salvation. Then Paul tells the problem of salvation. How then can they call on him whom they've never heard? And how can they hear if no one ever preaches to them? And how can they preach if no one ever is sent or no one ever goes? Oh, man, that's an indictment on the believer, but also on the minister. If the minister is never sent or sending, then Jesus can never be preached. And if Jesus is never preached, then the people will never hear. And if they never hear, they'll never be able to call upon him for salvation. The preacher that morning during chapel service asked every student to to, that was there to simply spend time the next two or three days praying and asking the Lord if they are being sent somewhere, if the Lord is leading them to do a mission trip, if the Lord is leading them to do missions, to simply pray and ask if they're being sent. Well, I was present. I was there this was stirring my heart I knew it was from the Holy Spirit so I took one of those cards and I headed back to my room uh, between lunches uh, we would get out of chapel around uh, almost before 11 and lunch would be at 11 30 so we had enough time to go back to our room and handle our business and do whatever we need to do for the next classes and I was in my room and I put the card down and I started praying and my friend Joey Braswell walked up into my room <laughs> and he says what are you doing I said I'm Man, I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. Uh, I have this card right here. During in chapel, the guy asked us to, to take this card and to see if we would be willing to pray, to see if the Lord's leading us to go on a mission trip or to be sent somewhere. Else. He says, man, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you don't need to pray. I go to Mex- Mexico every year with my friend and mentor Rick Hagans. <laughs> Sorry. Joey had a, a very country accent. And he said, Rick, always, always lets young pastors go for free. You just come on. We're going in December. (laughs) Well, I found out years later from Pastor Rick that he did not let young pastors go for free. But Joey Joey thought he did. So because Joey always went for free. And so uh, God used that situation to say, well, I guess I don't have to pray anymore. I'm going. Well, I got to meet Pastor Rick Hagen's, And when I met Pastor Rick Hagen's, I literally changed my, my life. From meeting him, from being able to go to Mexico for that first time, it was life altering. See, I had grew up really poor according to American standards, but I had never seen the poverty that I saw on the border of Reynosa, Mexico, and throughout the city and throughout the, the places that we visited in those villages. I remember being in this little church preaching to so many families. We had gathered a whole bunch of things to hand out afterwards, and I preached. And, uh, you know, God, I think it was maybe one or two people that gave their life to the Lord during that time. And then afterwards, we gathered everybody to come allow us to to hand some things out. And as we handed some things out, we handed a lady some plates and uh, maybe like three or four plates, a stack of plates. And she took those plates and uh, she set him down on, on the bench, and she turned around, and all of a sudden I heard this break. And I'm like, what in the world? I looked, turned around, and I noticed that there was about four or five other ladies that was gathering around her, helping her pick up the pieces. And they were doing more than just picking up the pieces. They were really consoling her and trying to comfort her. Her heart was broken that she had broke one of these plates, And they'd set her down on the bench, and they were really just trying to comfort her and just let her know it's going to be all right. The Lord will provide more plates in the future. And it was right then and there the Holy Spirit spoke very clear to me. He says, Sean, you've been poor, yes, your whole life. But you were never so poor to the point where you didn't have any plates. You might have had times or seasons where there was not much to put on those plates, but you had a plate. You had a pillow. You had a bed. See, I learned that our definition of poverty here in America doesn't even doesn't even comprehend to the true definition of poverty that's around the globe. God was beginning to teach me and change me. See that step of obedience to 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 simply obey to go because I was being sent changed my life, and you never will know how it changed my life, and how the lives that was pe- uh, impacted from that. From that time, I met my friend Joel. We were, he was sitting next to me, every time we would go into Mexico every day, we began to pick up a great relationship. He was from Times Square Church and from living in New York City, and he had this fire and this desire for the Word of God. Joel longed to know the Lord and to know the word of God. And we sat there every day going back and forth and studying the word from my time of meeting Joel, even to this day, some 15 years later, God has used him to stir me up, to desire more of the word of God, to be a man of the new Testament. And you can't be a man of the new Testament. If you don't know what it says, God used Joel to take me to Israel God used Joel to, to, to allow me to go to China and preach. God used Joel to bring me to, to Vietnam for the first time in 2008, where I would meet my wife and eventually find my calling to, to, to be a missionary and to be a church planner and to be a, a man of God in the nation of Vietnam. God used Joel. From that trip, that first trip to Mexico, Not only that, but God used Pastor Rick. I met Pastor Rick. He became a mentor and a friend. I saw how Pastor Rick really began to live by faith and that he was not just a man who did missions, but he was a man on a mission. He looked in ways and and avenues of how he can impact the broken, the hurting, the pushed down, the marginalized on a daily basis. God showed me from my relationship with Pastor Rick, uh, when I was in one of his trailers, You know, he had this a lot of big things that God had provided. But in, in that trailer, there was toilet paper. And the Holy Spirit said, Sean, I don't just care about the big things, but I care about the small things as well. God has used Pastor Rick throughout my life since the time I've met him to be a man, not just who does missions, but a man on mission. Well, in 2013, Pastor Rick came to Jacksonville to preach for this new new upstart church in Jacksonville called the Springs Church. I went up there to see Pastor Rick and to hear him preach. And as I walked in, I met this man who would become a mentor, a counselor, my family's pastor, Pastor John Bailey. Pastor John Bailey has been instrumental in the work that the Lord has entrusted to us, to the nation of Vietnam. He has shown me what it means to be a a, a minister, what it means to to be a father, what it means to, to be a man of God who does missions and who's in charge of a missions organization. Pastor John has taught me about leadership and leading well under the influence of the Holy Spirit with a vision. He has helped the ministry of Psalm 67 since the moment I met him. The Springs Church has become our home church where we're prayed for, encouraged, and supported. They have provided for countless number of projects, the the establishment and the construction of two churches, and there's more on the way. Training centers and pastors being trained, all because of the relationship with Pastor John and the Springs Church. That would have never happened if I hadn't met Pastor Rick that time I went to Mexico. And that would have never took place if I never would have said, all right, Lord, here I am. Send me. Well, in 2000 and 2006, after we had got, Joelle and I had got back from Israel, I was pastoring in Tuig. I'm there for the summer, and you're visiting people and serving and preaching and excited. I just got back from Israel. It was a blow, mind-boggling experience. Well, I had a dream one night. And that dream showed me standing before a countless number of people, and uh, and I was preaching, and there was a little girl in a yellow dress right in front as well, and I, and the Holy Spirit said go, and I, I I told the church I said you know I really believe the Lord's telling me to go to to Mexico one more time, so I told Pastor Rick, he invited me, I flew down there, kind of like a last minute thing, and. Uh, we go to this little village called Lazarus and they called it Lazarus because there was a graveyard near there and uh, it was just a very poor village and it was just it was tough. But what, what, who was with our group was a team from the Times Square Church in New York City, Pastor David Wilkerson and Pastor Carter Conlin's church in, in New York and they were there and they, got, they had a gentleman that spoke uh, Spanish and English, and he was going to translate for me. And the rest of the team stepped behind us and was praying. And we gathered the whole village together. I remember it was like it was yesterday. I gathered the whole village together. There a couple hundred people there, men, women, older men, younger men, and children. And as they gathered around so they could hear me preach, I looked down, and there's that girl in the little yellow dress right in front of me. And I knew the Holy Spirit was about to do something amazing. I gave the message of the gospel and how to be saved and how Jesus loved them and how he desired for them to have life, life from the dead. I gave an invitation. I said, if you would like to receive Christ, if you would like to walk with us by faith and call on him in prayer, at this time, just raise your hand. The, the translator translated and everyone standing there raised their hand. And I looked at the translator I said, well, maybe they didn't understand what I was saying. Let me say it again. I said, you know, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, if you want to commit your life to, to Jesus and you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior through prayer of faith, through calling on him with a prayer of faith. If you want to do that now, just take a step forward towards and I'll pray with you. Everyone, again, responded and took a step and pressed up towards me. I looked at the face of my translator, and it was completely white. And he said, they all want Jesus. They would have never been able to call on him and be saved if they never heard. And they would have never been able to hear if it wasn't preached And it would have never been preached if I wasn't sent. From one act of obedience, my life has been completely altered and changed for his glory. You see, we're sent. The only question is, are we willing and bold enough to go? You don't need to ask. Just go. Say, here I am send me partnering with the king and his kingdom work is the greatest call this life could ever have father we love you and we thank you i pray for the individuals that are listening to this today that has been struggling god what you have for them lord help them just to go go to their neighbors go to their family go to their friends as they go to the stores, Lord, to to be willing to open their mouths, their hands, and their hearts to share you, to reflect you, and to speak, Lord, the life that you've given through your son, Jesus. Lord, we don't need to ask anymore. We just need to go. And today, Lord, we say with pure hearts, here I am. Send me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. It is so good being with you. May the Lord bless you real good. See you next time on Sean and the Word.